Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than the iconic, legendary, and my big homie, Ricky, Smi Ricky Smiley, comedian, actor, author, host of the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, will join us and break down news of the day. Let me give an update as to the situation in Alabama. On Friday, I reported on a story of Mr. Vaughn. Mr. Vaughn is at the Elmore Correctional Facility. He's a state prisoner in Alabama. Pictures started to go viral last week, showing a man who looked to be on the verge of death, skin and bones, malnourished, eyes rolling to the back of his head. We reported on that story Friday. According to the local media, they were not able to get answers from the prison. The prison continued to hang up the phone, continued to transfer them, and gave them no answers. The sister, Cassie Vaughn, is the one who actually posted those pictures when she was alerted as to her brother's condition. Well, on Friday, I made it very clear to this prison facility, I am not the local media, and I went to Alabama this weekend. I also sent a private investigator and an attorney, civil rights attorney named Harry Daniels. Long story short, Harry Daniels was able to make direct contact with Mr. Vaughn. Mr. Vaughn explained the situation in full to the civil rights attorney. As of today, Harry Daniels, Lee Merritt, and Benjamin Crump are all now officially representing this particular inmate named Mr. Vaughn. Cassie Vaughn, the sister, who alerted the world to the condition of her brother, will be on the show today in a special bullpen segment. I will have her live today on the program to give us a full and in-depth update as to the condition of her brother. He is now receiving proper medical attention and the family has been made completely aware of what transpired. You will be made aware of that today as well. The fight continues. Top story of the day, Chris Christie, former governor, former prosecutor, has now said that Donald Trump is basically engaged in self-inflicted indictment. Let me go to the video, here it is. The chances that he could be indicted are, pro are probably increasing there. Look, I think these are these are all self-inflicted wounds by Donald Trump, and and you know one of the things that I always say to clients are, you know, don't out loud fight with the Department of Justice. Like you know, we'll fight in court and do the things we need to do. He's doing the exact opposite. His lawyers aren't fighting any of this in court. They're really not. They're not putting forward any of these arguments. He's putting forward all these arguments on television. There comes a point where prosecutors are human too, and you want to keep daring them. They may just actually do it. I still don't think he's going to be charged, but I will say this much about what Dan said. The more you absolutely antagonize with nonsense arguments on television that your lawyers won't make in court because they're afraid they'll be sanctioned if they do because they have no evidence, you're pushing yourself closer to a self-inflicted indictment. Really interesting. Self-inflicted indictment was the terminology utilized by the former governor of New Jersey and, yes, a former prosecutor. Here's the reality. I do disagree with Chris Christie. I do believe Trump will actually be indicted. Let's go to it. Chris Christie said Donald Trump's public comments about the FBI investigation into his handling of classified documents is pushing him towards a self-inflicted indictment. These are all self-inflicted wounds by Donald Trump, Christie said. Chris explained that he always advises clients don't out loud fight with the Department of Justice. Now, let me be very clear. Chris Christie is not arguing the merits of the allegation. 
He is not arguing that Donald Trump did not engage in a violation of the Espionage Act. He is not saying that Trump actually declassified these documents before taking them to Mar-a-Lago. He's not arguing the facts of the case. He's arguing sentiment. He's saying things like, this will be bad for the country. This will be a disaster for precedent. This is not something we should do to a former American president. Once again, you literally have a prosecutor not arguing statements or issues related to law. He's arguing sentiment and nothing more. Last week, Trump appeared on Sean Hannity's Fox News show, Fox News, safe haven for all things racist. He came there two nights in a row. Why? To tell people about an argument, an argument that the president can actually declassify information by doing one thing, thinking about it. That's what Trump said. He can declassify information simply by thinking about it. Now, even if Trump happened to be a thinking man, this would not be possible. This is not codified in any statute. This is not part of any protocol. And this is not backed up by any Supreme Court ruling, completely contrary to what the attorneys would ever argue. Also, in another interesting saga, there was a truth rally defending those who committed acts of terrorism on January 6th. Well, according to the reports, only dozens actually showed up. According to reports, a few dozen Trump supporters showed up for the truth rally. The rally was uh, whose declared goal was to stand united against the political persecution of the January 6th political prisoners and against conservative political persecution and the heart of the American capital was meant to attract the crowds with a series of far right commentators, professors and conspiracy theorists. Well, on the speaking circuit was uh, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow CEO. My pillow CEO Mike Lindell and two journalists um, at the Gateway Pundit were listed as speakers. Lindell, who was scheduled to make his intervention via a Zoom call, is currently under federal investigation himself for an alleged breach of election equipment in Colorado, which videos showing sparse crowds, reporters at the scene said there were nearly as many counter, counter protesters uh, as actual people in attendance. Let's show the picture. Interesting. You see the backdrop? Well, that was supposed to be a screen, an electronic screen. From the jump, everything malfunctioned. They did not have the crowd they expected. They had a roster. That roster did not garner support. Trump is losing his grip on the Republican Party, but he still has a strong grip on those who are part of his cult. To talk more about this, I have my dear brother, Ricky Smiley. Ricky, this is an interesting scenario. You literally have prosecutors not even arguing the law anymore. You have a Trump rally where basically 24 people show up and, and that's it. You have as many counter protesters almost. What are your thoughts about all of, all of this? Well, uh, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Dr. Thank you. Um, a lot of um, um, Americans, I think, well, Republicans, I think are, they're getting sick and tired of Donald Trump and all of his uh, shenanigans. And, uh, and I will say that had you and I had any kind of classified or unclassified documents sitting right. in our, our living room, we would be in jail. And there's a lot of people that's in jail right now for doing way less yep. uh, than what, what uh, this former president uh, has done. And 54% of the country uh, think that Trump is um, is would be a harm to democracy. And uh, and, 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 I, and I, I checked with some of my, uh, my law professors. I'm not in law school, but I have friends that's attorneys that 
uh, stated to me that even if Donald Trump get prosecuted and go to jail, he could still run for president yeah. of the United States. And that's pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I just hope that uh, he gets gets prosecuted because there are people in jail right now for doing uh, 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 similar things, I, I think, is un, un, under the grounds of treason. Um, but, you know, uh, he never should have been president in the first place. And that's why it's so important to get out and vote. That's right. Very, very well said. And yes, Trump can still run for president being indicted. He can run for president being convicted. We've had multiple people do that before. There's only one federal statute that almost applies, obviously, to this situation that would prohibit him from running. It carries a very light prison sentence, but it does say in that statute, you can no longer seek or obtain public office. That may be how they prosecute him. We don't know yet. We'll bring you updates as they come. Okay, a high school. We reported on this, Ricky, just a few days ago last week. Um, East Ridge High School. There was a student who was handled like this by a police officer at the school. Here's the video. Here's what happened after the assault on the bleachers. I got a lawyer, anything, but you're not finna come to me no type of way and disrespect me. Hold on, get your hands off me. Hold on. Get your hands off me. I said, hold on. You got five seconds to get your hands off you got five seconds what, to get you your hands do? on me. What you gonna do? You got five seconds you got, to get your hands on me. I gonna ain't do? gonna do nothing. You exactly. gonna get your ass off, off, off of me and get out my presence like you got some sense. Be I, a good citizen like you is. How about you be a good citizen not raise your voice? With that badge on your hook. And causing a big scene inside the gym. Nah, I ain't because causing you're really pushing scene. for disorderly conduct. I ain't pushing nothing. You if are. If I'm pushing something, all right. Like I said. Stay right Okay. Come on, man. Get your stuff. Let's go. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You are. I'm not going nowhere. Yes, you are. Why is you following me? Because even Mr. Perry wants you to get your stuff because he wants you to meet him over there. So let's go. I don't care about what Mr. Perry said. I'm in this class. I just got in this class. Okay. What you say to me, dog? Let's go. Get the out of my face. Come on, man. You finna take a ride to jail, dude. I ain't. You talking about riding to jail? I ain't begin with. It's called disorderly conduct. I'm giving you a lawful order to get up and come on now. All right, man. Take the backpack off. We finna go to jail. Don't resist me, dude. What is it? Don't resist me. Don't do it. Now, I know some of you may not like how this young man spoke. Let me be very clear. I've been a college professor since 2016. Before that, I was a high school teacher, and I've also been a principal. A resource officer is supposed to be a de facto mentor. They're supposed to be trained to de-escalate, to talk to young people when they're having a bad day. Obviously, this teenager was having a difficult day. All right, take the bag off. I'm not doing nothing. Take the bag off. Nothing is going to happen. You are, fixed to, you, get up here. you are fixed to get put in handcuffs one way or another. Take I'm the not. bag off. Take it off. Take the bag off. No right to be slung. Take the bag off. Take the bag off. Take it off. 
Take the bag off. I'm gonna spray you again. I'm gonna take the bag off. We can get you decontaminated once the backpack is off. Take the bag off. Take it off. I know it sucks. If you'd have just listened, this couldn't have, this wouldn't have happened. That's all. That's all you had to do was listen. You're still gonna resist. You want it some more, dude? Cause I, it's fine. I got a whole can. Take the bag off. The way they decided to handle him as if he was a criminal and not a student escalated things severely. Now, what was this all about? This was about one thing. The coach wanted him to play soccer. He decided not to go to the soccer practice and he went to play basketball in the gym. The coach got really upset about this, had some words with the student and decided to call the police on this student. Well, the other students, his colleagues in that institution, they also were offended by the actions of this police officer and they decided to protest the school. Let me give you the background. Let's put up his picture. They did arrest this young man. His name is Taurus Sledge. It was grabbed by resource officer Tyler McCray. It was grabbed by the hair for what he said was non-compliance. Per the affidavit, Sledge did not want to participate in kickball, said he did not feel well, but later during free time, he did participate in basketball. Free time, basketball. The coach got upset. Students at East Ridge High School walked out of class and gathered on the football field Friday morning in protest. There it is. Gathered in protest of the school resource officer's actions while arresting the student in the school earlier last week. School officials told us about 9.30 a.m. that students were still refusing to go to class after about an hour of protesting. They were walking around the track. The protest was led by students, Jatizia Fakwa and Jada Petaway. One student says this was an opportunity to be heard after being unheard for so long. So what happened? What was the cause and effect relationship? Now remember, a school resource officer is a cop is a regular cop, certified, accredited, works for the police department in that county. McCray was called when the report of disorderly conduct was made between Sledge and the coach. Let's put up a picture of Deputy McCray, okay? School administrators requested the student be removed from the gym and proceed to the office, but the staff says Sledge refused. The resource officer then attempted to place the student in custody for disorderly conduct. It was at this point that you see the struggle. Deputy McCray's attorney says the officer approved his request to be removed from the SRO position. He is no longer a resource officer for that school. McCray's attorney says he isn't on administrative leave, but is requesting to switch back to patrol instead. Let's go to the sheriff. You see, at the end of the day, he's the guy in charge. He's the one who will make the decision as to what happens with Deputy Tyler McCray. Deputy McCray has chosen to handle a kid inside of a high school in that extreme manner. Now he wants to simply accept a reassignment to be back on patrol. The sheriff's office confirms Officer McCray was back at, at his assigned post as of Thursday. As we mentioned last time, all right, don't forget this part. Deputy McCray, the cop who did this to the teenager, is a former Hamilton County Sheriff's Office deputy who was named in a 2019 lawsuit that claims 
Students were frisked and one of them strip searched at a traffic stop. That same deputy, ladies and gentlemen, in question is under a civil lawsuit for inappropriately touching an underage child. This was a couple of years ago. They still allowed this cop to be an officer in a school while having a credible allegation of inappropriately touching a minor. Now, where does that make sense? Nowhere. All right. Okay, Ricky, thoughts on this? First of all, uh, Dr. Rich, thank you for having me again. Um, yes. The deputies should not uh, be around kids uh, until that um, that issue is, uh, is resolved. That's right. And, uh, you know, for the coach to call to get the police involved is wrong when you could have simply uh, picked up the phone or went to the office and got a hold of the young man's parents, aunts, pastor, uncle, or somebody to have a better relationship uh, uh, with the kid. Now, this might this might be unpopular. I have a a 21 year old senior at Alabama State University. And he is and, and I have conversations with my son as to how to get the police away from you and how to get the police out of your life by by simply just saying, you know, yes, sir, and keep it moving. Because here's my concern, Dr. Richie, as wrong as that uh, the sheriff is and the deputy is and the, uh, the resource office, the coach or whatever, it could have went all the way left had had he pulled out a taser and, and hit that young man with a taser or a gun, uh, the kid could be dead. And, and one of the things as a black parent that's raising, uh, that has raised a lot of nephews and two black sons and now raising a grandson, having a conversation, just tell people, just say, yes, sir, whatever it is, and get out of it. The, the side of the street, the gym, wherever it may be, is not the place to have those conversations. Just get home and let your parents handle it. That's, that's just me, Dr. Richie. No, and I definitely understand that sentiment and many share that view. And I'm going to highlight something you said that I thought was very dynamic and I actually made this point last week. You have a plethora of resources when you're inside of a school. You're supposed to, uh, for example, calling your mama, right? That's one resource you have available to you. You also should have uh, individuals such as youth pastors, et cetera, who have relationships with those institutions or should have relationships with those institutions that you can call in when things like this happen. You also have a mentor program, typically right. inside of the school, and you have a school counselor. Typically the guidance counselor is the person that you can call when nobody else can talk to the student. You got that guidance counselor who has a very good relationship with and those students. Dr. Richard, this is why community policing is so important. Mm. To have a police officer that show up to the church for youth day that show up to, to birthday parties. And if he's going to be around the kids, you need to have a relationship with the kids yeah. the, that we have in the country. You got police officers with a cowboy. I'm going to clean up this community uh, attitude and they're coming in uh, with the wrong mindset. And I have a lot of friends who are resource officers. But when I tell you, Ricky, these individuals are mentors. They're mentors that happen to be in uniform. They love those kids. They know these kids. They take their job seriously. They simply want to make sure they invest in the success of these young people. And when one of them may have a bad day, the ones that I know, the resource officers that I know, would have never acted that way toward a student. The last thing I'm going to say, Dr. Richie, if you'd have just sat down on the bleachers and said, hey, talk to me about your day. How, mm -hmm. how should And let me tell you about my day. Yep. And just a simple conversation could have been a different outcome. A whole different outcome.
All right, we got another update. This story, one of the saddest stories I've ever covered. Elijah McClain, the young man who was killed by paramedics of all people. I'm going to take you back to that video, and now I have an update as to the wheels of justice starting to move in the right direction. Here it is. The family's attorney says McLean was walking home after buying iced tea from a corner store when this call about a suspicious person was made to the Aurora PD in Colorado. He puts his hands up. I don't know. He looks sketchy. He might be a good person or a bad person. Three officers responded to the call. McLean is seen walking on the sidewalk when officers approach him. Stop. Stop. One officer is heard stop. telling McLean to stop. stop. Things right escalate stop when McLean allegedly attempted to grab an officer's gun. The officers then subdue him to the ground and place him in a carotid control hold, a move that restricts blood flow to the brain. McLean begs for relief, even uttering those eerily too familiar words. First responders arrive shortly after and administer ketamine, an anesthetic meant to rapidly tranquilize. It's standard protocol for the paramedics uh, to inject ketamine McLean went into cardiac arrest on the way to the hospital, where he stayed five days before ultimately being taken off life support. A coroner determined his cause of death undetermined. His autopsy has now been amended. Let's put up a picture of Elijah McLean. I want to remind you that this young man was so sweet that he would play music for animals in a shelter. <clears throat> he was one of the kindest souls I've ever covered. In the amended report, it reads, and I quote, I believe this tragic fatality is most likely the result of ketamine. The report said, Adam McLean received a higher dosage of the sedative than he should have, meaning the paramedics broke protocol. Simply put, this dosage of ketamine was too much for this individual and it resulted in an overdose. They did not give him the protocol amount of ketamine. They made him OD. They gave him enough to kill him. Remember they initially avoided prosecution until members of the media, myself included, made this a story. They said there was no foul play here. It was just a just an accident. An unfortunate situation is how the local prosecutor characterized it initially. The original autopsy report signed November 7th, 2019, said McLean's cause of death could not be determined. But now new information has emerged during a grand jury investigation that prompted the state attorney general's office to order a second autopsy. Now, who makes up a grand jury? Who? You do. You do. We do. The citizens are the reason that justice is now starting to happen in this case. But in order to even sit on that grand jury, what do you have to be? A registered voter. You have to be a registered voter to even be called for a grand jury. There's more. The amended report comes one month after Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser announced that two police officers, one former officer and two paramedics in the Denver suburb of Aurora have been indicted and will be charged with one count each of manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. Among other allegations in the 32 count indictment, put up their pictures. The men involved in this indictment have been identified as Aurora, Colorado officers, Randy 
Rodima and Nathan Woodyard, former officer Jason Rosenblatt, and paramedics P, uh, Peter Sachunik and Jeremy Cooper. All five, all five had now been indicted for the death of Elijah McClain. Now, I want to say this. Remember, there was a time in this country where one prosecutor would come out with a statement and say, listen, I understand this is tragic, but there's no crime. And typically we would just move on trusting that the elected prosecutor or the individual in charge of investigating the case was doing us a favor by telling us the truth rather than trying to hide and manipulate the facts. Those days are no more. Because of a citizen-led grand jury, there has been a real investigation there has been real evidence uncovered, and now there are real indictments for justice for this young male. Beautiful soul. We're going to continue to provide updates as they come. I know you know about this story, Ricky. Give us your thoughts. Um, uh, Dr. Richie, uh, I would be glad when um, when a day comes where the person that actually called the police uh, should be held, have some mm. kind of accountability. Because people weaponizing police and using the police like a dog to seek police on innocent uh, black people uh, uh, and minorities and people of color is just absolutely wrong. And I think they hold some responsibility because yep. what, what is suspicious? What, what did he do wrong? Trayvon Martin was walking, uh, minding his own business, and he's dead. And now this kid right here uh, is, is dead. And I think that the person that called the police, like I said, uh, should have some kind of uh, accountability and responsibility uh, for this happening to this young man. Yeah, you are so right. You are so spot on, Ricky. Um, we've talked about it on the program when there is a proximate direct cause of death because someone called 911 when there was absolutely no reason to. There has to be a penalty. If there's no penalty, there's not even a civil penalty usually. When there's right. no penalty, there's no question, there's no hesitation to weaponize 911 in this way against black people in particular. All right, we're gonna bring you updates as, as that prosecution continues. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. Mickey C, the silver hair dragon says, I've decided that Dr. Richie is a twin. Given all of his accomplishments, given uh, given uh, all of his awards, especially given his rough start in life, there is no way he could have done all of that and continue to do so many, so much, unless he has a twin out there doing half of it. No, I don't have a twin. I could use one probably. Uh, it's just me. Uh, and I have something else, and it's you, you all. You all make a significant difference in how we cover these stories and how movement takes place. Uh, and I will say this. Uh, thank you for all, all of the support for the Alabama prisoner story. Uh, and also, on Friday, I got to mention this because Ricky Smiley is such a huge, huge supporter of HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. As a matter of fact, Ricky, the first time I saw you live, oh my God, I had a front row ticket. It was at Albany State University years ago, many yeah. years ago. And when I tell you, it was worth every penny to make sure I could sit on that front row and have that kind of experience. Thank you for being such a supporter of black colleges and universities, man. Yes, sir. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, on Friday, interesting story. On Friday, 
um, I had the honor of being inducted into the National Black College Alumni Hall of Fame, which uh, Dr. King was inducted, Oprah Winfrey, Thurgood Marshall, Ambassador Young. So when I get there, th this is a high honor. I'm, I'm thankful to be there. The president of Clark Atlanta University did the official induction. And they said, listen, there's a guy who wants to present the award to you. And he insisted on presenting the award. And Ricky, you would never guess who it was because I never would have guessed it. It was Emmanuel Lewis. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Emmanuel that's, Lewis, man. I had no idea. But it was good. And I love Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah, man. He's a really, really cool guy, man. And we had a good time at the event. All right. Uh, I'm going to read a couple more comments. Uh, Stephanie Haynes. Oh, my God. Ricky Smiley. That's right. Yeah. I used to stay up late watching you on Comic View as a kid. Those church jokes were hilarious. Doc, stay true, stay awesome. Also, I can't wait to see Ricky takes on the Karen segment. Yeah. I'm ready. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You feel French! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Yeah, the Karenicity and this one runs deep. I have more video. Before I go to that video, I have an observation. You see, the male, I'm going to classify him as a male Karen as well. He decided to engage in the same action as the Karen he was dating. See, here's the thing. If you date a Karen, at some point in your life, you are going to have to make a decision. That decision will be, are you going to engage in Karenicity when she does or not? Just know this, anytime you date a Karen, there will come a time where you have to do some Karening yourself. Here's how the staff handled this Karen. staff was very tactful. They were courteous. They were appropriate and professional. Big ups to this staff. Here's what I don't like, Ricky. I used to wait tables uh, in my former life. And at the end of the day, guess who has to clean up all this mess they've created? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. the wait staff. All Wait's right. Yep. What are your thoughts here, dear brother? Uh, 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 first of all, uh, if you like you said, if you're going to date a Karen or whatever, at some point, um, the man needs to step up to the plate and pull her to the side. If we're going to continue to date or if we date, this is not the right move. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of uh, so apparently she was dating a beta male because if she <laughs> me or dating an alpha male or whatever, I wouldn't be having that. I would have politely uh, say, hey, I think we should leave. Or, or go in the car and have a conversation. And I said, I thank you, owe those people uh, an apology. Uh, and, you know, it, it was wrong, it was disrespectful, uh, it's embarrassing. Uh, we should uh, probably reevaluate uh, our relationship because this is not how I, uh, you know, would want my somebody I'm dating to carry themselves. And they wasn't bothering anybody. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I've been at dinner places and people was too loud or whatever. So what do you do? You get mad. That don't help anything because when you get mad, you you stir in the pot as opposed to going over and singing happy birthday and be a part of the celebration. Uh, I find myself doing that in a lot of restaurants when, you know, I really would like to have a have a nice quiet dinner, but it didn't work out that way. So let me go over here and sing uh, happy birthday to this lady to celebrate her 70th or uh, 80th birthday and mm -hmm. be nice and kind and take pictures with everybody because sometimes even if you just your energy is bad that you have an attitude because maybe they're noisy. People get excited. Pandemic, you know, people have been kind of locked up for two years in the house and they out celebrating. So dinner is not going to go uh, the way that we want it to go all the time. So it's all about how you handle it. That's right. Very well said. It's about how you respond to it. And here's the thing. If you want a very quiet place, being out in public restaurants may not be the option for you if you just must have quiet. Right. Uh, right. And uh, here's what I would have done. Uh, I would have left her there. I would have definitely cash out her enough money to catch an Uber. And that would have been it. That would have been the end of our uh, courtship. Very sad situation. Texas cop now under investigation using excessive force against a child. Here's the rumble inside of the school and also the officer's response to one student. Here it is. So sad. Producers, I want you to put up the screenshot of the excessive force, clear and apparent excessive force. Let me say this. Kids fight, grown folks fight too. It happens. Okay. The police in Irving, Texas are now investigating the police officer you see right there for using excessive force after the video began to circulate on social media. Now remember, they did not start investigating this cop until after the video circulated on social media. And I also want to rem remind everybody, it's not just that action that is a cause for alarm. It's also when the cop came back and decided to physically assault the student after it was clear the student was no threat to him or anybody else. 
These are not adults. These are children. And I would argue, even if this were an adult, you don't come back and do what this cop did. The unidentified officer has now been reassigned, according to a report. What led to the incident? Several students began fighting. It happened. Several students began fighting on the lunch line in the lunch line at Nimitz High School. This happened Wednesday. Officers assigned to the school responded, according to a press release from the Irving Police Department. The fight broke out around 12.45 p.m. In the clips shared on social media and confirmed by the police to be part of the incident, several students are seen in the school cafeteria, some of which are actively fighting with each other. Two officers are attempting to break up the fight. That is normative, that is appropriate, and I agree with that activity. You're trying to break up the fight, no problem. One of the officers, however, is seen grabbing and throwing a student into a lunch cart before he falls onto the ground. When the student stands up, the officer comes back to that student, pushes him to the ground, puts him back on the ground again. It is not clear what happened before or after. Now let's go to the chief because, you know, the buck stops with him. Irving Police Department chief, his name is Derek Miller. The department said the officers use of force to separate and detain those involved in the fight may have been appropriate. But once again, under investigation is the one cop we have brought to your attention. We have to stop allowing, you can't allow it, just because there is a conflict in a school that that does not give the cop the right to treat children this way. That kid, that kid was no longer a threat. It's clear in the video. That kid was no longer actively involved in any kind of combat. It was really unclear as to if the kid was involved in the original fight itself. But I will give that to the cops. I will say, okay, even if the cop was unaware of what was really going down as far as who was aggressive, who was not. That first action was still too much. That second action, in my opinion, was criminal. That was assault. All right, Ricky, you saw this video. That kid could have been severely injured in that in initial attack from the officer. And then he comes back and kind of seals his own fate, which is why he's now being investigated by the police. What are your thoughts here? Uh, first of all, that officer should be uh, uh, fired, number one, instead of reassigned like they all do, uh, get reassigned instead of fired. Then he should be prosecuted or whatever. And uh, there are people that's in jail right now for child abuse. Yep. Uh, those, those are children, and these officers need, officers need to understand that they're working in a school and not in a prison with grown men that have committed crimes. And like you said, Dr. Richie, fights and stuff, you know, they break out all the time, but excessive, excessive force is a big problem in this country. And why is it that officers are so aggressive, mm. so aggressive when it comes to people of color? You know, he came back and he pushed the young man again, or he, instead of coming back and say, hey, you all right? If he would have just came back and said, hey, are you okay? Okay, yeah. part of the problem, I apologize. Stand right here, I'll be back. Let me go solve this or whatever. And you pushed him back on the ground again like he's a, like he's a dog. Uh, and like you said, at that point, that kid was not... Um, a, a threat and wasn't doing anything, just standing there, you push yep. him back around. And just that that old cowboy mentality. And just think about this for a second, Dr. Richie. If there were no cell phones and people mm. could, or just imagine how much stuff 
police officers would get away with. And let me say this, man, you make a great point. Excessive force is not allowable at all. It's criminal. All excessive force is criminal. Let me say that again. Yeah. All excessive force is criminal. Nobody can come to my job or your job, Ricky, and engage in excessive force. And we saw oh, that was just excessive force. No, no, that's a crime. It's called assault. It's called right. battery. Right. So excessive force is a terminology meant to dilute the reality of the criminality connected to the action. Excessive force is not allowable under any circumstance. It is, in fact, a crime. Number two, um, the issue beyond the excessive force is the police report. You just said it, Ricky. Imagine what would have happened without the recordings. And the unsung hero in a lot of these cases has been the smartphone, the ability for everybody to become a mini journalist in a moment's notice, right? Oh, the yeah. po police reports are so universally, universally non-accepted that judges do not allow police reports as evidence during a trial because they know the police lie on police reports. So universally, judges do not allow police reports to be introduced during any trial in the United States of America. That should give you an idea of how ridiculous police reports have become. And yes, lying on a police report, once again, is a crime. Rarely prosecuted, but a crime. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. Thank you for chiming in during the show. Lynn says, uh, those cops took the D out of de-escalation. Sure did. Uh, Scorpius underscore cores. People wonder why I get up early and watch this show from Australia, cause it's the best damn show. Plus Dr. Rich is just entertaining to watch. But we appreciate you in Australia. Thank you so much. Purple Rose says, I am fairly new to Dr. Ritchie, but his passion for his work and his compassion for people has me hooked on standing for community justices. Boom. That's the idea. Iron sharp as iron. I need you. All right. I'm nothing without you all. I want you to remember that. Here's what I call consequences and repercussions. A live streamer decides to go up to black people and call them or say the N word. Here's how that worked out. Where are the Excuse me now. Do you know where the What? Do you know where people park at around here? Like people park, is he down here? Like he's on What the you just said the first time? Park. Do you know where people park at? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yo, she heard me the first time. All right, but let's go. She heard me when I said, Oh, um, I just need to know where the people park at. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We said people. We said people. You, this way? She's going to hit me, dog. We got to go. Okay, so he wanted to say the N-word to a black person, to a black woman in particular. He wanted to get away with it. I didn't see him running up to any black man doing that. And he came back even after she gave him the information, did a courtesy for him. He walks off celebrating that he was able to call or say the N-word in front of a black woman. He comes back and this is what happened. I don't know what he's talking about. 
Dude, you got me friends. Ow! What the f I do not know what happened. She hit me in the head. What did I do? You said, you, don't, you asked her what a off it is? I never know. I did not do that. It doesn't matter. That doesn't give her the right to physically assault. All right, I know what happened. Let's put up his picture full mass. I do not condone violence. I say that for television. Let me be very clear about what happened here. Uh, sir, you engage in what's called inciting violence. You engage in activity to intentionally incite violence. Uh, you then, while live streaming, got beat up by a girl and you decided to run away from her. That's what happened. Those are the facts of the case. Case closed. Ricky, thoughts on this? Um, one, one thing uh, that he needs to understand that uh, black people got these, this new word that uh, we, we have this new thing called these hands. And, and you don't want any of that smoking. Uh, you know, just the fact that, you know, you walk around and be disrespectful uh, and do something like that, uh, whatever. They, uh, people need to understand that we're not living in the 50s and we're yeah. not in the 60s. And so if you really want to go viral like that, continue to do stuff like that, you'll end up on World Star. So. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody needs to do an intervention because if he continues in this kind of activity, it will be a totally different report. And here's the reality. You can't go around inciting violence, intentionally engage in activity that creates violent responses, intentionally doing this behavior, uh, and then acting as if you don't know what you did. No, you can go to jail for inciting violence. That is a criminal offense, and that's exactly what he was intending to do. It just backfired on him. All right. Very, very sad and horrific story. 13-year-old was assaulted, sexually abused by police. Not one, not two, not three, but four that we know of on record. She took her own life later as an adult. I'm going to expose every single one of these cops. Let's put up the first pictures. Stroughton police now are conducting an internal affairs investigation into three former police officers. It has been uncovered that they engage in what has been described, and I quote, as a deeply disturbing pattern of behavior toward a young woman who took her own life. Officer Matthew G. Farwell, Farwell's twin brother to the right, William Farwell, and their former supervisor to the left officer, Robert C. Devine, all allegedly, all allegedly violated department rules and regulations through their conduct with a 23-year-old woman. All had resigned 
from the department before the outcome of the investigation. I'm going to give you significant background to this. Sandra Birchmore, 23, of Canton, took her own life last year while pregnant with her first child. She told friends the father of the child was Officer Matthew G. Farwell, 36 years of age, whom she met when she was 13 and a member of the department's Youth Explorers Program. Now, if this sounds familiar to you, I have reported on two other instances in America where police officers took advantage of children who were part of their department's Youth Explorers Program. Now we have number three. There's a problem in the culture. I guarantee you there are more than the three that I've covered here on Indisputable. Let me give you more background on this abuse. Birchmore's friend told The Globe earlier this year that Birchmore and Matthew Farwell, the cop, began a sexual relationship when she was 15, below the age of consent. According to the police chief, Mick Namara, evidence from the internal probe demonstrates Matthew Farwell allegedly began an inappropriate relationship with Birchmore when she was 15 and he was 27. There's more. Investigators allegedly found many digital messages containing explicit exchanges between the two over several years. Matthew Farwell allegedly went to Birchmore's apartment on February 1st. This was in 2021, days before she was found dead to end their relationship and got into what he later described as a pretty nasty argument. Mick Namara said, Matthew Farwell acknowledged he had sex with her in 2020, but the sexual part of their relationship ended in October that year, according to the Globe. The chief describes Divine's involvement. Divine was part of an after school program at the middle school where he and other officers were in charge of several students without supervision from members of the school district. The investigation determined that Divine had inappropriate contact with female students in that program. Following the conclusion of the investigation, it says this, Mick Namara has already been notified, has already notified the newly formed Massachusetts Peace Officer Standards and Training Commission, that's called POST, of the report's findings and has recommended without delay that Farwell Brothers and Divine Certification to serve as police officers be permanently revoked, she said. Mick Namara recommended to post that all three men be placed on a national decertification database to ensure that they can never serve in law enforcement anywhere else, she said. Chief, <clears throat> I'm going to say this, and I hope somebody sends this directly to you. What's the recommendation to lock their asses up? Right. Where's that recommendation? Decertify? Not allow them to be a cop again? They committed rape. That's what happened here. And molestation. You're doing us no favor in the community. You're not doing this child, this young person a favor, 23 years of old, where this started when she was a child and now she has taken her own life. This is why people don't like the police. I'm telling you, 
You had an opportunity and you still have one, Chief, to do the right thing, take it all the way. I guarantee you, if this young person would have had this happen to her by way of, let's see, let's say, Pyro gangsters, you would have held a press conference. You would have said, we're going to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. You would have engaged your justice partners in that local jurisdiction, and you would have rained hell upon those gangsters. But what about the gangsters in uniform, madam? Chief, what about the gangsters that serve in the police department? We're going to continue to follow this story as of the reporting today. There are no criminal charges against any of these cops who violated public trust, who violated this young lady that led ultimately to her taking her own life. Not one damn criminal charge yet, but we're going to change that. All right, Ricky, thoughts on this? For me, uh, Dr. Richie, is just the culture of policing uh, taking up for each other even when they're wrong. Uh, you know, I, it, it make me wonder, do any anybody in that particular police department have daughters mm. or sisters or whatever? You know, in, in the fact that you can't go out here and get a grown woman, you have to resort into molesting and putting your hands on a child. You yeah. know, and if, if somebody trusts you enough with the child, uh, with their children, uh, and you're supposed to be doing community service or whatever, you know, at, at what point that you become attracted to somebody 13, uh, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, for, yeah. for me, not even in your 20s, you know, it's, it's, it's sad and they should be in jail, yeah. you know, and they always getting reassigned or uh, desk duty or uh, get, you know, or whatever, but they never get prosecuted and go to jail. And at, at some point, when will the police start to arrest the police? The men uh, that's operating in integrity in policing need to start speaking up and standing up uh, uh, for people out here that's being victimized. And the fact that that little, that precious baby, uh, rest in peace to Sandra Birchmore, uh, took her own life, they should do the rest of their life in prison. And yeah. that's it. And, um, and I, 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 my heart goes out to the family. Yeah, same here. Well said, Ricky. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. This is an update to a story we brought you last week. We now have the video. A woman was inside of a police car. The police decided to park the car on a train track. We now have the video of that horrific outcome. Here it is. Let's put up the picture of this young lady. This is so sad. Yurini Gonzalez was detained by police and seriously injured after getting hit by a freight train as she sat in the back of the patrol car. She sustained nine broken ribs. You know how hurtful, how much pain it is to have one broken rib? She has nine broken ribs 
a fractured sternum, a broken arm, and many other injuries to her head, to her back, to her legs. Though her injuries are severe, we do have a report as of Sunday that she's expected to live. The cop who parked his car on the train tracks has been placed on paid leave as officials investigate the incident. Now, I want to say this about the actions of this police officer. There's something called uh, gross negligence under the law, which means your actions may not have intended for a person to get severely injured or die. But because you were so negligent in your behavior, you were so negligent in your activity that you should have known that this was a possible outcome. You decided, officer, to park your vehicle with someone in your custody on a train track. That's called negligence, officer. That is criminal negligence which takes away the prerequisite of mans rea, meaning you do not have to form criminal intent for us to criminally prosecute you in the United States of America. If you did not have that uniform on, I guarantee you, if any other citizen would have done this, they would be in jail that same day, facing an involuntary manslaughter charge, a criminally negligent homicide or something else, uh, if this young lady died, all right? Thankfully, she will be, uh, she's expected to not die. She's expected to be okay with significant and severe injury. The young woman has now secured an attorney. This is what I said on day one, lawyer up, who said his client was frantically trying to escape the vehicle. She was frantically trying to escape, trying to get out. Personal injury lawyer Paul Wilkerson told Nine News in an interview. Of course, the doors were locked, he continued. She's definitely upset about what happened. She doesn't understand why she was left in the car. She was yelling to get their attention and could see the train coming. Imagine her fear. Imagine that fear. She had to conclude she would likely die in the back of that patrol car. Let's put up the picture of the chief here. Okay, if the chief has decided to place this cop on paid leave, taxpayers are still footing the bill for this negligent cop. Uh, Platteville Police Chief Carl Dyer did not reveal the officer's name. He's playing hide the pickle or any additional information regarding the collision. So here's what we do here. When they play that game, I got a game for them. Chief, until you reveal the officer who was involved, the publicly paid officer who is supported by taxpayers, until you let us know who he is, you will be the face of this story. Until that point happens, this is the guy, okay? All right, Ricky, horrible situation. I know you saw this video, heart goes out. What's your thoughts here? Uh, uh, Dr. Richie, we we grew up around train tracks, and uh, yeah. it make you more nervous than anything on this earth. Is looking both ways and crossing a train, crossing a train track with no train coming, with the with the, uh, the 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 dividers up, and the fact that you would park a car. Nobody would ever even think to park a car on the train. It just common sense. And 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 I'm gonna push it a little further, Dr. Richie. This might not be popular. I low key, I low key think he did it on purpose, because because if any if you have kids, you you have a certain level of sensitivity to certain things uh, when it comes to safety. Somebody crossing the street, something mm-hmm. out of the sky, you have a certain type of intuition or whatever. He's a cop. 
he have that certain type of intuition when it comes to safety or whatever. Uh, I think low key, and I wouldn't put, I don't put anything past anyone, especially um, uh, you got somebody in the car uh, of color, uh, and and she's on the train track, and he heard, and I saw the video. He heard the train coming. If I would have been on the train track and I heard a train, let me look around and make sure that I'm not on the track. Now that I see that I'm on the track, let me instantly get in the car or whatever and take action and get that lady uh, somewhere where she's safe. And why right. wasn't he in the car? Yeah. It, 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 it just don't add up. And, and if you ask me or whatever, I can't get inside of his head, but I'm just going to push it a little further. Maybe, maybe he intentionally, that, that's just me. And, I, and I, I'm sorry, I apologize. Those are just my thoughts. Brother, I'm there. Uh, when I first reported on this story, I said the very same thing. You cannot discount the reality that this may have been done on purpose. And I will say this, if you're a real hero, you want to be a cop, you want to be a real hero, you put somebody in danger like that, you risk your damn life to get them out of danger. That's what he should have done. That's exactly what the cop should have done. Um, Ricky, such a pleasure, brother, to have you on this program. This is one of the highest honors of my career. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work, listen to your morning show, and everything else you got going on. Uh, uh, Dr. Richie, not telling y'all, all of you viewers out there, that he's actually uh, my boss on one of his radio stations. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, morning, show. Don't, don't, don't trip, Dr. Richie. Uh, you can follow me at Ricky Smiley Official, and you can listen to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show probably in whatever city you are. And uh, Dr. Rich, I want to thank you for your work. I'm a big fan. I watch your videos two and three o'clock in the morning. That's the first thing I do when I can't sleep. I go to your videos, and thank you for keeping us up to date and speaking up for the people that can't speak up for themselves and bringing attention uh, to these uh, terrible, terrible situations. But God bless you, and may God keep you. And thank you again for the opportunity. Well, God bless you. You do the same exact thing every day. Tell the whole crew I said hello. Look forward to being back with you all at some time in the future. Thank you, my dear friend. Thank you. All right. We got more on the other side. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. Welcome to the bullpen. So on Friday, I reported on a story of a man in an Alabama prison who was obviously, obviously malnourished, looked as if he was on the verge of death. I reported on this story Friday, and I said on Friday that I would be sending a private investigator and a civil rights attorney into Alabama to that state prison in order to get answers and to make sure that Mr. Bond was receiving the medical attention that he obviously needed. Well, we did that this weekend. I also contacted the prison officials there and made it very clear that either A, I would be given assurance that he was receiving medical attention or they were going to have to call the local sheriff and have me arrested from the facility. Harry Daniels, civil rights attorney, was able to talk directly with Mr. Vaughn. Mr. Vaughn explained the situation. I also talked with Ms. Cassie Vaughn, the sister of Mr. Vaughn. I want to remind you of those pictures on social media that led to this story. Horrific. Go to the next one. Okay. This is what Mr. Vaughn looked like just a couple of months ago. All right. With me today, I have 
Cassie Vaughn and Casey Vaughn to talk about what's going on with their brother and provide an update to the story. Cassie and Casey, thank you both for being on the show. Let's do this because we're having some issues with the sound. Um, Cassie, I spoke to you directly. I gave you a phone call that you and I were able to connect via social media and then we talked directly. You told me about uh, Mr. Vaughn and his condition that basically he was uh, throwing up. He was having some issues with his intestinal tract. They did surgery and then basically left him there without proper care. Other things happened after that. He was not properly cared for. Can you give us an update as to the status of your brother, the medical care he's receiving now, and the representation he currently has? I visited Mr. Vaughn yesterday after I was not entering to the prison. They called me and let me know to come back and visit him. Mr. Vaughn is still in the same condition that he was in in that photo. Mr. Vaughn is using a pamper to use the bathroom. He's depending on the inmates to change his pamper. He hasn't brushed his teeth. They haven't gave him any bath, any bath or anything. His hygiene is horrible. He had filthy clothes on and it's a wound on his stomach that is bleeding pus and blood outside of it. Mr. Vaughn obtained three lawyers, um, Harry Daniels, Lee Merrick, and Benjamin Crump. And that is who would be representing him. Cassie, when you first posted these pictures on social media, you received these pictures with a message that said, get help. Tell us how you were uh, alerted to the condition of uh, your brother. I was alerted by a fellow inmate inside of Elmore Correctional Facility. They text me and let me know. They said, Castillo, first off, they called me and they said, please get your brother some help. He is doing so bad. And I said, okay, what is going on with him? They sent me that photo. They didn't want to send me the photo, but I was begging and pleading with them, like, please send me the photo. Let me see how he looks. They sent me that photo, and I instantly broke down crying. When I seen that photo, it, Mr. Bunn was not recognizable as my brother. Mr. Bunn, um, the fellow inmate that reached out to me about Mr. Bunn, he let me know that Mr. Bunn needs serious help, and he's not going to make it into Monday. So to please seek help right away. I want to remind everybody, I want to remind everybody, that this situation um, went viral the because of Miss Vaughn, Cassie Vaughn, deciding to post it on social media. The local media tried to uh, get involved. They attempted to contact the prison officials. They attempted to make contact uh, by way of their channels, their protocol. They were told nothing. They were stonewalled every step of the way. Uh, on Friday after the reporting, I made sure I contacted uh, civil rights attorney uh, Harry Daniels. We had a conversation before the segment. He already agreed uh, that he would take this case. And then Harry Daniels and Ms. Vaughn had a conversation. Uh, Ms. Vaughn, you and I spoke, uh, and I'm glad that we had that conversation on um, Saturday morning. You and I spoke. I connected you to Harry Daniels. Uh, from what you can share with that conversation, uh, tell us about that conversation with Mr. Daniels. Mr. Daniels, Mr. Daniels was outraged when he called me. He didn't believe it at all. So I let him know the story and what was going on. And he told me that he is not seeking any lawsuits or anything. He is seeking medical help for Castillo Vaughn. 
that was absolutely the primary, primary obligation is to make sure his health was stabilized. As it stands now, he's alive, but he is still suffering. When you were able to visit him on Sunday after being completely stonewalled by this jail, what was the condition of your brother and how is he saying the staff has been treating him? Mr. Bullock stated that the staff is not giving him any medical help. He is actually dependent on other inmates to help him do daily things. He is not able to walk, like I said, he has a pamper that he's using the bathroom in. If no other inmate tries to come and help him change it, he changes his own his own. Mr. Bunn doesn't have um, a toothbrush to brush his teeth. His hygiene was, I'm talking about horrible. He had blood on his clothes, dirty, he was filthy. And he told me to please get him help. He said that state correctional facility is not helping him no more than Elmore was, and that he needs to be in a free world hospital. Yeah. Mr. Bunn. No, I agree. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead. Okay. And Mr. Bunn also told me that he is afraid to die inside of the prison. Um, that is such an unfortunate reality uh, that he's facing right now. I need to make note of this. The inmates, the individuals who have felt his fellow um, friends inside of the jail, the cellmates, etc. They are the ones that had enough heart to contact you and make you aware of what was going on with your brother. The staff did not do this. The medical team did not do this. The warden, the medical director, nor the head of the facility, they did not do this. As a matter of fact, they did the exact opposite. They tried to keep you away from seeing your brother. Your name was taken off the visitation list. There was absolutely no movement, no transparency. Now there's a little bit of transparency. He's been transferred to another facility and their spin is he's now receiving the medical treatment that he needs because of this transfer. Well, what we're saying is that that's not true. Mr. Vaughn is saying that's not true. And all of these attorneys are saying that is not true. He is still in need of actual medical help. So Cassie, let me ask you this. What should happen this week to make this a situation that your brother can live through? I believe that Mr. Bunn needs to be transferred to an actual hospital, medical experts that's willing to take the time out to care for my brother's health. For those who may not know, her brother had to undergo surgery and while he was incarcerated, obviously, uh, went through surgery. Uh, they had to remove uh, a part of his small intestine. And then after the surgery, they left him there. Those pictures that you see, some of those pictures are post-surgery. And uh, according to multiple reports, they're not cleaning them. They are not uh, disinfecting. Uh, there are infections that are setting in and things are still dire for Mr. Vaughn. Uh, for those who would like to help, for those who would like to be part of the movement to protect this life, this is a human being and he should have a human experience no matter what. For those who would like to be part of that, they can contribute to the GoFundMe. Many of you already did it based on the reporting on Friday. Uh, Cassie, tell people how they can contribute to the GoFundMe account right now. The GoFundMe account is named Castillo Bun Hill. So you can go on there and donate, um, share it. That'll help too. 
the GoFundMe is also in my Instagram. Um, you can reach my Instagram handle at k.a.s.s.i.e.e.e.e. -E and it is right up under the um, bio. That's the only thing that's in the bio. And I also have a Facebook, Cassie Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. And you can go on there and the GoFundMe link is pinned at the top of my page. The private investigator that I sent to Alabama gave me an update this morning and he said that the issues that your brother currently is experiencing is not uncommon in Alabama state prisons. Have you heard this as well in your um, seeking justice for your brother? Yes, I have. Okay, we're gonna to continue to work with you. We're gonna to continue to advocate for you and we're going to continue to hold the state prison system accountable. I would not be surprised if the Department of Justice uh, did not get involved. I do think this is a DOJ worthy situation happening right now. Ms. Vaughn, once again, give out the information for those who would like to assist by contributing to the GoFundMe. The GoFundMe name is Castillo Vaughn Health and it is a picture of him um, when he was healthy on July the 15th. And you can also go and reach my Instagram handle at k.a.s.s.i.e.e.e.e. -E -E. And I also have a Facebook and the Facebook name is Cassie, K-A-S-S-I-E, Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. And it's pinned at the top of the page. And we would like to thank you all for donating and supporting and getting my brother's store out there so he can seek medical help. Cassie, um, I want to say to you, thank you for being the leader that you are. You are a young sister who decided to engage in this way because you knew it could get the intention of others. Uh, and you were right. You were so right. We thank you for your leadership. We thank you for the courage that you have. You and your sister, Casey, thank you both. Um, you know I'm here for you. All you got to do is call me or text me. I'm going to keep you updated as to the PI. I'm glad I was able to connect you to the attorneys and make this happen. But we still do not have what we want. We want Mr. Vaughn in a proper medical facility where his life will absolutely be preserved. This makes absolutely no sense. Thank you so much for what you continue to do. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.